But if we only had the first part of this gospel passage between the rich man and Lazarus, which one would you want to be? Where would you dream? Where would your heart tell you to, to strive for? The rich man who was sumptuously dining or the poor man whose wounds were being licked by the, by the dogs as he laid in the doorway? I think all of us, if we're honest, we want to be the rich man. That's what our, this is what our hearts tell us. This is what the world tells us. And even sometimes in the church, we get the idea that earthly glory is a sign of our achievement in God's eyes. But we all know, we know also where Scripture tells us that God judges the heart. And he doesn't judge by appearances. And in our world that is motivated by images, we, we base the value of ourselves and other people based solely on images. This passage should help to kind of break us out of that framework a little bit. Because we don't know someone's heart. And Jeremiah tells us we don't even know our own heart. More treacherous than anything else is the human heart. Which, by the way, why all that nonsense about follow your heart and trust your heart, all this pop psychology nonsense that creeps into the church is foolishness and can lead you to that place where the rich man went, where there was torment and fires. We want to have our lives based upon the truth taught to us and proclaimed by Jesus Christ and Holy Mother Church. And this is what the first part of that reading from Jeremiah is teaching us, and that's what Psalm Psalm number one teaches us about the two paths, the path of man or the path of God. The path of man motivated by pleasure and honor and power, which is much more appealing and alluring, and in some ways it's easier But the fidelity, the self-denial, the self-forgetfulness, the death to self that's required to be a true disciple, outwardly, sometimes we may feel like we're Lazarus from the gospel, that we are the poor, the mistreated, the forgotten, the left to dead. But it's in the lowly that the Lord's glory shines. And we see it throughout the pages of scriptures and throughout the history of the church. It's a radical transformation of our minds and of our hearts to really live according to the gospel. The two trees that Jeremiah was talking to us about, the two trees that the Psalms talked to us about, producing fruit. You know, we, can, we can gather from the story about the rich man that his life was focused on himself. And when we tra- chase the things of this world, we become self-absorbed. But the sign of a healthy, holy life is one that produces fruit. A tree does not produce fruit for itself. The fruit is worthless 
to the tree is produced for and valuable only to others, whether it's humans or animals or just the environment. The gifts that we were given, the life that we're called to live, is meant to be a gift for others. And so we pray for a transformation of our heart. Even what they say in the Old Testament, a heart transplant, to get a new heart, that we can rise above the desires of this world and the desires of our own treacherous hearts so that we can live in communion with God, producing fruit for him and for others. This is what's pleasing to God. May this be a reality for each one of us. May this season of Lent be fruitful for our lives and the lives of those around us.